Hello, Anchors of Diamonds community. I am Scott Gibbs here with co-founder DJ Ligori and his near and dear friend, Rob Source. And we are here for Acres of Diamonds podcast number 23. And DJ was very excited to introduce us to Rob today because Rob is an entrepreneur and has always been an entrepreneur. And DJ and I are not entrepreneurs yet, but we're trying very, very hard to be entrepreneurs. So we're looking forward to seeing what we can learn from someone that's been immersed in, in it for a few years. And uh, DJ, why don't you take the lead today asking the questions and help help educate us? Yeah, so so Rob is essentially our our mentor. And if, if we could say, and we are the we are the students today because actually, we actually uh, I we met a couple of weeks ago, uh, Rob and I did. And we just to, to talk about life, to kind of catch up on, uh, on what each other were doing. And we talked a lot about uh, self-development and leadership and, and our service to others. And then entrepreneur, uh, entrepreneurship got brought up. And I said this a little bit off camera, the, uh, the intimidating nature that entrepreneurship brings when you start to think about it. You know, you're not getting a paycheck if you don't go out there and, and work and provide a value and provide a service. So uh, when, when Rob started really breaking down entrepreneurship, I saw the passion, I saw the energy and, and it fired me up, honestly, to, to say, all right, I, we can do this. You know, we can, uh, you know, if you have the, the passion and, and you have an idea and, and you're, you're driven enough to make that idea into a reality, then you're an entrepreneur and you can do it. And so today I wanted to kind of pick Rob's brain a little bit um, on how we got into entrepreneurship um, he said one line that, that we'll get into in, in a little that I thought was one of the best things I had ever heard uh, that was awesome. And then uh, kind of ending with maybe some advice for, for future entrepreneurs um, and maybe the, uh, you know, a, a little line that, that you had said, Scott, I want to also kind of get Rob's take on it too. So, you know, Rob, we had talked before, you said that you went to UB and you were, you were getting, what were, what were you getting again? What was your area of study? Yeah, so I actually, um, before I decided to become an entrepreneur, I was studying psychology and biology um, at UB, actually got my degree there. And then I was going on to grad school. So I was studying um, and getting my DDS, which is Dr. Dental Surgery, and my MBA. I was in a combined degree program. Um, when I realized I was more of an entrepreneur than a dentist at the end of the day, and uh, you know, decided to take the leap of faith and uh, start a company. whole bunch more backstory that goes into it, but in a nutshell, that's uh, sort of what it was. Gotcha. So was it like one decision where you just were like, I, I, I need to be an entrepreneur. You know, I'm not a dentist. You know, was it just kind of like a, a, a snap of a finger kind of thing? Um, you know, I would say that I've been an entrepreneur my whole life ever since I was like a little, little boy. You know, I know it's, it might sound cliche. It's the classic. But um, when I was a young boy, I had this lemonade stand, but it wasn't your typical, you know, um, lemonade, iced tea, come get it sort of thing. It was like we had a whole blown business going at the end of my driveway. You know, you're Macintosh kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then, uh, you know, we would do like carnival games that I would build and provide services. We do baseball cards, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, Pokemon and like at the end of the day, I remember walking up the driveway with like a pocket full of money. I'm like, wow, this is like, you provide a value and a good service for people. I'm like you can make money doing that. So it was awesome. So I, I had the privilege of uh, having a very, very young 
um, exposure to entrepreneurship. So from a very young age, I've always known I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I just didn't really understand the, the medium and, and how I wanted to serve, right? Um, you know, I've always wanted to help people and impact and, and leave my mark on the world. That's sort of one of the reasons why I chose dentistry is because you get to serve people, you get to help people. Um, and I was naturally drawn to the sciences, right? My, my dad was an aerospace engineer. Um, and he, you know, he would always, always have me tinkering around with things. I had this innate sense of curiosity uh, ever since a young boy. And, um, you know, that's what drove me to go study science, right? And, and typically, you know, the typical path of someone who goes for science or biology and psychology goes to medicine. Um, and I was like, oh, this is great. You know, Dennis, you get to own your own practice. You get to help people. I was good with my hands. I still am, right? Like, I just love working on cars, doing body work, a little paint here and there. Yeah, um, yeah. My dad teaching me little things on the side, you know, fixing brakes, little stuff like that. Um, so I was like, yeah, dentistry is great. Um, and then, so my whole undergraduate career, I'm like, get into dental school, get into dental school, get, because I know if you don't get into dental school, you can't be a dentist. Um, so I finally got in and I was like, oh my God, this is great. Celebrate. And then I was like, okay, now what? Like, why? You know, I was like, I started, you know, I've always been big into personal development and introspecting and reflecting and all that sort of stuff. But I was like, really? Like, now what? Like, okay, so this is it. I'm going to be a dentist, right? Because the hard part's not becoming the dentist. It's getting into dental school. That's what everyone, like, no one will tell you that. Um, and so I was like, you know, I, I went on this deep personal development journey. And, you know, I did everything from running decision matrix analysis to going and floating in one of those uh, sensory deprivation spas. And, uh, it wasn't like an overnight decision where I just woke up and said, yeah, you know what, screw dentistry sort of thing. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, you know, it was a lot of um, think factors and things that went into it. And at the time being, I actually had met my business partner in my senior year of undergraduate studies. He was actually my professor. Um, he teaches entrepreneurship at UB. And, um, you know, we, we had built this relationship, this sort of mentor-mentee relationship. And I had done a grant and I, we had gotten a grant and I had helped him build some entrepreneurship modules over a summer. Uh, so we began working together that way. And we sort of got into this business and I decided, okay, it's either dentistry or continue pursuing this entrepreneurial path. Um, and at the end of the day, what it really, the biggest deciding factor for me was I wanted to serve more people than I could with my own two hands. Uh, so that's when I decided to write in the leather and uh, never look back. So it's been a, been a journey for sure, to say the least. Yeah, that is awesome. And so, so when you initially decided to, to shift your path from, from dentistry to entrepreneurship, and you, you'd said you, you'd met your business partner, that professor, did you initially have an idea of the, you know, the uh, avenue of entrepreneurship you wanted to do, like service you wanted to provide? Or was it kind of like, all right, I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Now let's find an idea. Or was it, all right, I have an idea. Now let's be an entrepreneur. You know, what was kind of the journey there? So it, it, it's, it's kind of a little bit of both, right? I wouldn't say it's binary. It's not A or B. Um, you know, you have to make the commitment first internally, right? Um, you know, it's, 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 it's part of the process. If you're not 100% committed, then might as well go find something else sort of thing. You know what I mean? Um, you make that internal commitment, right? And then after that, um, no, there, there is no one like idea that's the holy grail sort of thing, right? Um, when you first start out, you're going to think you have it all figured out, but you don't, right? Everyone, <laughs> everyone thinks entrepreneurship is like, okay, you start your business and, and here, since we're back with the camera here, and there's this growth, right? And in reality, it's never a linear path. It looks more like this, right? And like, as long as you're moving that way, you're good sort of thing. Um, so yeah, we, we did start out with this initial idea. We wanted to serve college students. It was called Thriving Venture. Um, you know, we wanted to produce entrepreneurship content 
um, you know, it was kind of in parallel with this grant that we we're getting that would inspire that. Um, and we wanted to help college students to sort of grow and, and, and start companies and start businesses. Um, we wanted to inspire entrepreneurial activity. Um, and it's interesting because where my business is at nowadays, at its core, um, that value and that philosophy is still at the core of what we do. Uh, we want to inspire entrepreneurship. We want to inspire entrepreneurial activity and help businesses grow, survive, and thrive, especially through this tough time that we're in, you know. Yeah, global yeah. pandemic and everything. Uh, the, the businesses that we serve need us now more than ever sort of thing. So, um, but yeah, we started out wanting to actually serve college students. Um, and to this day, just to show you the, the progression, we serve service professionals. So home care pros and personal care pros. So anyone who takes care of your house, roofers, plumbers, contractors, HVAC technicians, um, and then personal care pros. So that's your like barbers, estheticians, hairstylists, personal trainers, wedding photographers, you name it. Um, anyone who provides a service, we're here to help. Um, and we help them gain new clients. So, um, yeah, I mean, so starting out, wanted to help college students to where we're at. I mean, you, you adapt, right? You pivot, you change. Um, and and that, that comes from, we were having some discussions off camera here um, from holding empathy interviews, right? And, and really understanding um, who you're serving and, and how you want to serve them. Yeah. Did you, so, so did you start... Um, how did you make money before you started making money? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's that's the age-old question. You know, I think this this was one of DJ's questions that he wanted to get into. Should, should I spill the beans on the quote, DJ? Let it. You can let it fly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I always say this. This this is a sort of personal philosophy in that you, you just have to be scrappy, right? You as an entrepreneur, you have to learn to eat glass, right? That's that's the quote there, DJ. So yeah. I'll plug it in there. Um, and what do I mean by that? So you have to make money because I, I know we're off camera, Scott, we were, we were talking that like, hey, were you in corporate America? What did you do? Um, uh, so I made money by sort of buying and selling things and, and, and doing side hustle things, right? Like I, I fixed phone screens for quite some time. You know what I mean? I would buy and sell phones. I would buy a phone screen with a crack screen. And like, you know, I, I would just started out doing it for my friends and family. And then they're like, hey, uh, you know, how much do I owe you, right? Like, and then I started doing, I posted flyers all around UB, like when I was at UB, like I, I literally made printouts, right? Um, you know, with a cracked screen on one half and said, hey, look familiar, I can fix your phone screen for you sort of thing, give me a call. Um, and posted them all around UB. I mean, my gosh, I was getting so many people messaging me. So like, um, I, I was scrappy with some side hustle things and just like willing to eat glass, but I also had a part-time job uh, at Delta Sonic. So I would wipe cars on the weekends, you know, I'd be there at 6 a.m out there wiping cars, power washing, doing things like that. It's a, it's a really good gig, you know what I mean? Uh, especially if you're in college, um, you know, it's, you're flexible. You can create your own schedule, tell them when you wanna work and it's good money, the tips are pretty good. So I've always been a side hustler, a, a gritty son of a gun sort of thing. You know what I mean? It's, you, you gotta find a way, you know what I mean? And, and along the journey, it might take some time, like when you're in the product development phase where you guys aren't seeing any revenue, right? And you, if you have founders and another team, you have to be okay and everyone has to be okay with that right because um if you can't provide and you can't put food on the table at the end of the day then you're not going to be able to show up as your best self for your business. so um you got to eat glass that's that's what it is you know you got to do the things that people aren't willing to do make sacrifices yeah i absolutely is that it. all <laughs> that, that's you learn to eat glass <laughs> that's the key <laughs> get munching <laughs> We were we were sitting in uh, when when we met a couple of weeks ago to the to the Acres of Divers community uh, listening. Rob and I met a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about life and everything, and 
And he said, you know, I think one of the most important things to understand in entrepreneurship is you have to eat glass. And I'm sitting there like, what the hell does that even <laughs> and, uh, and so he explained it to me and I, and I said, you know what, that is, that is such a good rule to not only live by in entrepreneurship, but I thought even in life, I, I think the, the ability to, to take a punch and to kind of punch back or, or you know, to lose and get back up and say, all right, let, let's go again. Um, you know, I, Scott and I have both been doing a lot of, um, you know, we've been maybe studying entrepreneurship or we've been doing these programs where they talk about, you know, failing multiple times in a row. And I mean, one of the guys even said, you know, you will find things you suck at really bad and you'll keep doing them and keep doing them until one day you realize, Hey, I don't suck as bad as I used to suck at this. You know, I, I'm a little bit better. And I think, you know, all these, the, the more I thought about it, all these skills that were very evident in entrepreneurship were really very evident in life too. I mean, it was a, a very good metaphor to, you know, I, I've used this the same before. I remember when I applied to like 10 jobs straight out of college and said, I'll get one of them. And not, I think two of them emailed me back. And I was like, wow, I thought this would be way easier. And it's, it's totally the opposite of what I, what I thought. So, you know, we had to go through a, a decent amount of failure before we saw a little bit of success. So I think, uh, you know, when you said that you have to be okay with eating glass and you explained it, I was like, that is, you know, people need to hear that. People need to hear that it's okay to, to fail. It's okay to fail again. And it's okay to keep failing. The, the thing that's not okay is to stop. The thing that's not okay is to say, all right, I, I lost and it, and it beat me. Um, Cause there's going to be a lot of things in our lives that, that beat us down, but, the ability to eat that glass is to keep going and to yeah. figure out a solution to whatever problems that, you know, you may be facing in your life. Yeah. I mean, you, you gotta be resilient at the end of the day. You know I mean? That's the thing you're, you're going to go out and you're going to try things. You're going to make yourself vulnerable. And sometimes the world's going to slap you in the face, right? You, you gotta be okay with taking the punches. Like you were saying, you gotta eat glass, you know, and, and you gotta make sacrifices. You have to do the things that the mass majority of the population aren't willing to do. Right. I mean, we're sitting here at what is it? 730, 740. And everyone's probably watching the Bills game right now. You know, yeah. I mean? like, <laughs> OK, you know, so go ahead and enjoy that. Do your thing. Right. We're sitting here having meetings. Right. We're sitting here working. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that's the difference. And it's just one little example here. But it's the work that you put in behind closed doors that really at the end of the day is going to matter. Right. Because. Um, it's just that you can't skip that, right? You, you have to look at what you do versus what other people do and then project the outcomes, right? So if you want, um, you know, to live a life, the entrepreneurial life and be an entrepreneur, you have to look at what successful entrepreneurs do, right? Success leaves clues. Um, and then you, you can duplicate that, right? You have to, but you have to be willing to put in that work. And a lot of that work is eating glass. It's making sacrifices. It's doing the things that people don't want to do. Uh, it's against our human nature, right? People are lazy, right? If you sit your butt in a chair, you're going to want to stay sitting in the chair because it's comfortable, right? But you got to have that internal drive. And, you know, I always say the biggest competition is yourself, right, at the end of the day. Uh, and this kind of ties into, like, the commission structure and all this stuff. It's like, you got to go hunt and eat and, and kill, you know, and you only eat if you hunt and you kill, <laughs> right, sort of thing. So it's, it's an internal drive that all comes down to sort of self-discipline. 
Um, that's why personal development is so important. And that's actually how we teach students to become entrepreneurs. Um, it, it's, a, it's the process, right? You start with about a third, a third, a third, a third of personal development, a third of ideation, product development, and then a third of launch and scale sort of thing. So um, the personal development, you, you can't skip that, right? Um, your level of success, I always like to say, will seldom surpass your level of personal development. So they, they go hand in hand. So, so Rob, I, I'm going to mention a name to you, and I think you should study this guy. You should study this guy, Tony Robbins. I don't think you've probably ever heard of him. Who's that? I, th I think you just dropped like 40, 40 different things I've heard come out of Tony Robbins' mouth. I mean, wow. And you know, you know, he's got voice, he has voice problems, right? He's getting ready to retire pretty soon. You, you could fill in pretty well. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Tony Robbins was one of my very, very first uh, touch points in my, my personal development path. So I'm honored that you, you bring him up. But yeah, um, I, could, I, I there's definitely uh, there's definitely sentences, fragments in there that uh, that I use all the time as well, because I'm a I'm a huge proponent of, uh, of his teaching. So I, I wanted you to, to answer this question. The income, the income associated with entrepreneurship is limited or unlimited? It depends on your perspective, but I would say it's unlimited, right? It depends on what kind of business you get into, right? Yeah, you know, there's different types of businesses. You, you know, you can. I, I personally would consider the person who goes and opens a bakery an entrepreneur, hands down, right? Um, you know, and and that might be limited, right? Because you you reach a certain cap where you can only produce so many rolls in the day, right? You can only serve so many, unless you open another location, right? Um, whereas if you decide to go after a business model that's scalable. I mean, then the world is your oyster sort of thing. So um, I guess it depends how you look at it, but I would say it's certainly it's unlimited. Yeah, I think that's that's been one of the adjustments for me, you know, being older, I'm 53 and just starting my entrepreneurial journey. And I had to shift, like you noted earlier, from someone that um, was given customers, right? basically by the, by the corporation or the organization to now someone that has to get out there, hunt and eat what I kill. And that is, uh, that's new, right? That's, that's new. And it's, uh, so the mind shift I'm going through is, yep, that's new. And if you get it right, your income's unlimited, mm -hmm. you know, your income's unlimited. And the other thing, um, I really liked something you said about, um, your, your success will, will never be able to succeed your level of personal development. So in, uh, in the coaching I do with CEOs, we talk about that and we call it the law of the lid, right? Okay. So your organization that you lead will never exceed your level of leadership, mm -hmm. right? So to break it down to the micro of your, your success in life will never exceed your learning, or your self-leadership, right? Or your self-development, self your personal development. And I don't think people get that, right? Right, you're not an overnight success. DJ and I have been at the Acres of Diamonds for coming up to three years. Yeah. Three years, right? And people are gonna say when it actually hits that, that entrepreneur inflection point, you know, the asymptotic inflection point that will happen someday, they're gonna say, oh my gosh, that came out of nowhere. That's it didn't right. come out of nowhere, yeah. right? It came, it's just it, the tip it, of the iceberg. Right. It mm -hmm. came out of sitting here on October 13th at 8 p.m. and not watching the Bills game. It came with meeting Saturday mornings for two years. It came, you know, meeting Sunday mornings for two years, right? 
It's yeah. doing things that other people don't want to do to get what you want. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the thing. And people, like you said, people just, so for some reason, can't rationalize that. You know what I mean? It's, you, you literally like, the mind is such a beautiful thing. I mean, that's why I chose to study psychology. And I took it on my senior year of undergrad just because it was so interesting. People are interesting to me, right? Uh, the brain is a, such a such a cool thing when you learn it and study it. And neuroplasticity is a real thing. You know, I mean, if, if you tell yourself in the script, in, in, the, in the schema, in your worldview that you have is something that's, you know, limiting and, 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 and <laughs> Look at that. I knew he was going to get that. I knew he was hunting, he was hunting for something. <laughs> I knew as soon as you said that, he was getting that book. <laughs> yeah, let's go. But no, the, the mind is a powerful, powerful thing, right? Like whatever you tell yourself in the schema and the script that you tell yourself and repeat to yourself is like, oh, I'll never be good enough. Oh, I couldn't do that. Chances are you're not going to. You know what I mean? If, if you open yourself up and, and you know, we, we dive deep in our personal development teaching is, is we do a lot of life planning, right? Write your life is this big old story that can be whatever it want. Like dream big, think big, like think back to when you were a child and you're like, I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a firefighter. Right. And then somewhere along the line, society says, no, you have to go to school. You have to get a job. You're, you know, you're going to go through a cycle. And then you just lose that creativity. Like, start dreaming like you were a kid again, right? And, and think of your life like this great story because it can be, right? It literally can be. Um, reprogram your brain, right? That's literally what it'll take, right? And then align your thoughts with your actions, develop certain capabilities and skill sets, and then go build the life of your dreams. Literally no one's stopping you other than yourself, right? Rob, I, I, I have another question for you. So DJ, you were right, by the way, he's fascinating. Um, <laughs> so I have another question for you. Did Star Trek predict the future or create the future? <laughs> hmm. See, I, I was never a huge Star Trek follower. It's kind of before my time, but uh, you know, I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say they created the future, right? Because I'm I'm a firm believer that you, you have the future is in the power of your own control. Um, you know, I know the, the 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 you know the movies and the production and everything. They're gonna say you know they predicted it and everything. So uh, you kind of like with the Simpsons and everything, like they predicted you know what was it. Jenner person or whatever, so little things like that. Like, oh, see, the Simpsons said it. They predicted it, right? Um, so I guess it's a little bit of both, but I, I'm a firm believer you're in control of your own destiny sort of thing. Yes, there's certain external factors that are out of your control, um, but also it's all about how you adapt and react to what you can control, right? Do you want to live your life as this sort of buoy that's getting thrown around by the waves in the ocean, or do you want to go be intentional about it and live in this, this state where you are in control, not in a reactive state, so... Um, pro, be proactive. Right? There it is. But yeah, so Star Trek, I, I think they created the future. I got to you, you, It's interesting. You're becoming you're becoming more adamant that they created it <laughs> as you sit there and ponder it longer. I am. Well, I mean, I don't know too too much about Star Trek other than it was, you know, you hear little things in here from my, my dad and stuff. But <laughs> um, yeah, let's say, let's say they created it. Yeah. I didn't watch a ton of Star Trek either, so I. I would have to go with they created it at, at that aspect. But to uh, one thing that we that we kind of both touched on, um, where you know doing the things that that other people necessarily didn't want to do. And I remember I was actually at a uh, at a football camp in in Columbus, Ohio, and there were a couple of NFL football players actually there. A couple retired and a couple who were actually still playing. And one of the days, uh, one of the retired football guys, I, I, I can't remember who it was, but he said something that, I, that I'll never forget. He said, you know, 
the difference between the, the, the good players and the great players, he was using uh, being a football player as, as the example. He said the great players loved the dark days. He said the dark days were where the difference was made. And so initially, you know, we had juniors and seniors here all sitting around. We didn't really know what he meant by the dark days, but he said, you know, those days when you wake up at, at 4.30 and go work out or those days that, you know, all your friends are out partying and you're at home studying or trying to learn something new or reading a new book. You know, the days where they, uh, you know, things are going on and you're missing out on purpose because you have a, a greater vision and you have a, a greater purpose that, that you're shooting for. Um, I was just reading some, uh, some philosophy a couple days ago on Abraham Maslow and he said, you know, it's our job. It, it's, it's a need that we have to find out who we are. We, we, we shouldn't just do it. We need to do it. And it's almost like, you know, we need to find our purpose. And uh, I think when we are in that need and in that mindset of, okay, I have to find what I'm here to do. I have to find my purpose of, of, of why I'm on this earth, you know, if, not to get too uh, philosophical, but those moments are found when we're exiling ourselves, when, when we're literally by ourselves and we're, and we're grinding away and we're just trying to make a small amount of improvement, have, have a day of a plus one instead of a neutral day. You know, little things like that, that over time, one, you'll see the improvement. You'll, you'll see the way that you interact with people, the way that you think about things. And two, you'll feel like you're separating yourself in a good way and, and for a good reason. So, you know, to those dark days and to those activities that others might not want to do, um, the people who decide to do them will separate themselves in the long run. Exactly. I mean, th think of it just like investing, DJ. And, and that's, it's important that you say that, right? Does that, I don't know if you got, do you guys follow Ed Milet at all? Sure. He, he has this philosophy. It's very similar to that. It's, it's think of it just like investing. He calls it compound pounding, right? Like you got to pound the pavement. You have to do the things on the dark days, right? Like get up, grind, keep pounding away, make those little, little improvements. And over time, just like investing, you'll see it asymptotically pay you dividends. Um, right. And that's what it takes. Right. And that's, what's going to separate yourself from those people. And you got to have those dark days. I mean, I'm, I'm a firm believer that, um, you know, when you truly do align what you do day in and day out with your internal calling and your passion, your purpose, whatever everyone will call that, right? Um, then, I mean, that's how you live a rewarding, fulfilling, and happy life. And at the end of the day, that's what we all want, right? So, but you have to go out and, 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 and turn your eyes inward, right? And, and reflect and, and meditate um, and, and do things that people are like, oh, you're a man, you shouldn't be doing that. Like, who cares what society thinks, right? Um, at the end of the day, who, who are you as a person? How do you show up? And how do you impact people, right? Like, there's all these societal pressures and things that everyone is, is subject to, but um, you, you got to defy it if you want to live a certain sort of life, right? And some people are totally fine just living an average life and not doing too much and everything. But I, I know the people on this call and the people listening to this call are, are certainly not like that. So um, just know, I mean, you guys aren't alone, right? Don't, don't feel weird doing this sort of stuff, right? Like it, it, it's part of the process and you can't skip it. You just ha you have to have those dark days. You have to embrace those dark days um, because it's going to, it's how it's, it's going to shape you and, and, and mold your future, right? And it'll pay you dividends, right? You might not see the results right away, um, but you have to trust it. You will. I, I really like compounding pounding. I, I, compounding I follow, pounding. yeah, I, I follow Ed Millett, but I hadn't heard that. And it's obvious by the, his physique that he, he believes in that <laughs> in the weight room as well. Oh yeah. Yep.
That's awesome. Amazing. Compound pounding. <laughs> well, DJ, what else? What else on the list for uh, for our guests today? Well, so the the other thing that, that I was I was always curious about, and I, the reason I thought about this is because this is what you told me, Scott, and uh, and it was actually a little bit uh, from my father as well because of his job. So so my father's a real estate agent, and he works solely based upon commission, essentially. And I remember when we were discussing about my, my current job and, and the, the new commission plan that I had, and he said, there's nothing like eating what you kill. And I, you know, I, I thought about that and I, and I talked to my father about that. And, and he said, he said, oh, there's nothing like it. He said, you know, that he said, I remember when I used to work at Kodak and I used to stack 10 times more film than everybody else. And we all got paid the, the same rate. And I said, this is bullshit. <laughs> I, I should be getting paid 10 times more than these people. And he said, that's when I realized I needed to be self-employed and I needed to work on commission. The harder I worked, the more I got paid. Um, so, you know, to that point, Rob, I wanted you to kind of, you know, weigh in on that. Was, were there ever moments where you were like, you know, I, I got to go out and kill something. I got to go out and, and, and get something because, you know, maybe something wasn't going your way or you're running into a problem and you maybe had a doubt or, or a fear um, you know, how did you get past that, that type of, uh, those obstacles? I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you know, it's, uh, it's funny that you say that because there literally has been a point in my life where you literally look at your bank account and you're like, shit, like, how am I going to pay rent next month? How am I going to pay my phone bill? How am I going to do that? Right. And you're like, you feel like I need to go kill something right now. Right. And this is when in the day when I was, you know, being gritty and I'm big into cars and everything too. Like I'll, I'll buy and sell thing. I mean, I've been an entrepreneur my whole life sort of thing. And it's just like, I got to go find something. I got to go do something. I have rent. I got to pay. I have my phone. I got to pay. Like it, it adds up. Right. Um, and it, it's funny because the, the, the human mind, again, go to neuroplasticity, right? If you set your mind to going and accomplishing something, it, it's incredible how powerful, like everything just seems to align. Right. And, and it seems to, to happen. Right. I don't know if you guys like religious or not, or like everything, but I'm, I'm a firm believer in that. Like, um, you know, yeah, everything happens for a reason, but at the right time, right? Like there's more to it than just everything happens for a reason. Um, and, you know, I, I would say that like when I was at that point where it's the lowest of my, oh, you know, I, I tend to dive deep into faith and things like that. Um, not just when I'm at a low point, but like I, I align with that in, in my own philosophies a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just like, man, what am I going to do? I need to do this, right? And I go out and made things happen, bought a car, sold a car, did some phone screens here, kept going in the business, kept grinding, um, you know, because at the end of the day, like, it, it feels great when you kill something and can bring it back and eat it. And then you can share it. And like, now I'm comfortable, right? It's like, okay, you know, you, you can go out and, and create value, right? And, and turn things and flip things and make a profit. And then you get to eat some of it, right? And then you get to pay your rent and you're good for the next month. And they're like, you know, little things like that. Um, but for me, what I found to help myself overcome that is like, you gotta get laser focused. Um, you know, and, and there's a thing in your brain that's called the reticular activating system. I think we actually talked a little bit about this uh, when yeah, we met yeah. for coffee. Yep. Uh, is that like when you set your mind to something and you reprogram your mind to something, like your brain, like, uses that to its advantage and it'll scan the environment and like find ways to bring and manifest those sort of things into your life. Like I always give the example. It's like when you buy a new car, right? Like let's say it's a Honda civic. Um, and then like, you, you didn't notice any civics on the road or anything before. And then you're finally behind the wheel. You're like, this is awesome. And then you're like, Oh, Hey, there's a civic. Hey, there's another Honda civic. Like they're everywhere. <laughs> now you're thinking about it. Like your mind manifested that Honda civic and now you're 
see them everywhere sort of thing. So, um, you know, what I tend to do and it, what helps me power through that is like literally reprogram your mind. Like what's important, what's the priorities and get laser focused on that, right? Um, and and it's, it's, it's amazing how like your body and mind can go and adapt and get things done that way. So use the power of your mind to your advantage, guys, right? We all have it. We're all at an equal playing field. Um, you know, it's, it's just a matter of how you condition it. It's, it's like a muscle. You got to work it out. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it feels great when you go and hunt something and kill it, <laughs> you know, and you get to eat it and then you can share it, right? Like, um, you know, it's, you share your blessings with the people around you and, and, you know, you can impact lives and it's like, yeah, oh my God, wanting to go hunt and kill and like kill a lot and make a lot of money is completely fine, right? It's not like, oh, you want to make a lot of money, you know, that's bad, right? Like, right? No, it's, it's the people that'll just like diss you for that are the people who have no money right like go out and earn a shit ton of money and then like go do great things with it right it, money is simply a resource it's a piece of paper right it's what you do with it right so i, I like i like to say money. Of all evil. it's not the people are the root of the evil not the money right? you can be great with your money like if you want to donate to a charity if you want to build a certain program go do that but that takes money so go out and kill Okay. It's, just, it's like the science of getting rich. It is exactly like the science of getting rich with uh, Paul Martinelli and Roddy Galbraith. They, they constantly said, get rich first. He said, it's not a problem to have a lot of money. It's a problem depending upon what you do with your money. You know, like, like you said, but if you have a lot of money, you know, all these things that we want to do, we want to, we want to help people with charities. We want to um, help people think better. We want to create group programs, create the acres of diamonds complex, a mental and physical Mecca of, of improvement that requires money. You know, people aren't just going to say, yeah, we'll, we'll do it for free. No, people are going to work for incentives. So, you know, I, I love the, the thing that they kept saying, you know, it's not bad to be rich and get rich first. <laughs> and it was kind of, you know, it was all these, it was all these, uh, these positive things around, around wealth, which I personally had never necessarily thought of before. And even to this day, I still, you know, slip back into, all right, is having all this money, you know, is it a good thing? Um, I, I, I personally now, because of that, that course and getting rich and talking today and, and talking to more people who have a lot of money, it's completely okay. And it's okay because of the things that they do with it. And I, and I, that's what I want to do. That's what I want to strive for. I want to have those opportunities and those resources to impact millions of people, which requires money. So yeah, I love I love the saying that money's the a great magnifier, right? If you have, if you're a man of good character, or a woman of good character, and you have a lot of money, you're going to do great things with it. Like Tom Bilyeu, I think it was Tom Bilyeu, yeah. says, "Look, make it or no, maybe it's Paul Martinelli. Whatever. I mean, the the philosophy is the same, right? Make a decision to have a lot of money." And you will get a lot of money. And then once you get a lot of money, turn around and keep it flowing, right? Give it to a lot of people. Poor people in general can't help other poor people. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. If we want, if we want, if we want to help the in income equality that is becoming more and more prevalent in America, it's gonna take money to educate the people that don't know how to make money to make money. <laughs> exactly i mean that's that's a fact right that's yep. just a fact like the number of people that don't understand compounding interest in this world is frightening it's mind-boggling right like mind-boggling 
at the VP debate, right? Like they had to explain what debt was. <laughs> it's like, uh, like, thank you for explaining what debt is. But like, it just goes to show the amount of people who are just uneducated, right? Yeah, like they say, oh, I can pay the minimum credit card balance. And like, they have no idea what the, that's going to, like how it's going to impact them. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, it's a life sentence, right? I mean, paying a minimum credit card balance is a life sentence of debt, yeah. period. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and there's not people that are educating people to be lenders instead of borrowers, exactly. right? I mean, the richest man in Babylon, everybody should read the book, The Richest Man in Babylon. It's a quick, easy read. Everybody should read it. 100%. Explains finances in the most simplest terms in a fable. It's just beautiful. And nobody's read it. Right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I had the blessing in, in my community college days of, of taking personal money management as an elective. And it's just like, oh, my God, everyone should have that course. Why don't they make that on the pathways or whatever, you know, the, the core path? Like, they don't. Yeah. Like, why not? Like, it's, it's amazing. It's like yeah. how, you know, but, but if you make a lot of money, you can do things like that. You can start a program to go educate people and, and, and you know, give back to charities and do whatever you want. But it's just, like you said, it, it magnifies who you are as a person, right? So it could be good for it. It could be bad. Right? It's not the money. That's the issue. It's the person at the end of the day. Exactly. So DJ, how are you going to wrap us up today? Well, I think we covered a lot, a lot of good stuff today. That was, that was exact, that exceeded expectations. That's exactly what I, I think we could have done and more. So I say, you know, Rob, if you were to say to, to young entrepreneurs out there, to, and to even to, to Scott and, and me, I mean, you could say we're young entrepreneurs as well. You know, what would be the, like probably one of the best pieces of advice that, that you could give to individuals who, who want to go hunt and kill and who want yeah. to eat? Absolutely. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this because I love the philosophy from one of my good friends, Pete Tomino. Do you guys know Lloyd's Taco Truck at all? They're big in Buffalo. They're, they were the very first food truck. They built the whole sort of food truck culture sort of thing. I'm sure it's in Rochester too. Um, he says this and it resonates really, really well with me. Uh, is that like, if, if you want to be an entrepreneur, if you are inspired by entrepreneurship and want to do that, you, you need to just sort of block everyone out. Don't care what anyone else thinks about you guys and, and just go for it. You know what I mean? Be all in, be 100% committed. Because at the end of the day, um, you're not doing it for anyone else, right? You're doing it for, I mean, you are, you, if you want to impact your family and build this life, but like, you're not trying to impress anyone else by doing it. Right. And if you are, then you're not in the right profession sort of thing, but don't care what other people are going to think. There's always going to be the haters. There's always going to be the people that don't believe in you because you have to put in the work, right. That those dark days in, in the bottom of the iceberg sort of stuff that no one's going to see. Um, and they're going to hate on you, right. They're going to say, they don't believe in you. They're not going to see the actual success, the fruits of your labor. Right. So don't care what they think. You have to ignore that, right? Um, and, and just go for it, right? Be all in. Make that commitment. Entrepreneurship is all about taking the first step without seeing the full staircase, right? And having faith and the desire and the courage to go up and make the next step and build and, and, and go to that through, you know, through the whole journey, right? Is that stairway because you're going to take the first step and you're not going to see the whole staircase sort of thing. This is inevitable, right? You're going to come across things that you had not yet anticipated, um, you know, I, I was a scientist. I was so process oriented and, and predictions. And like, if you mix this beaker with this beaker, you will get this reaction and this outcome every time. That's not entrepreneurship. <laughs> it's one plus one equals whatever you want it to be sort of thing. Um, you know, it's, so it's, it's, you have to take the first step and that requires courage. Right. And, and at the end of the day, what is courage? Courage is taking action in the presence of fear. 
So I know it's going to be intimidating. It's going to be tough. What are people going to say about you? What are they going to think? And that, believe it or not, will wipe out like all of your competition. A lot of people will shake off from there. They won't become entrepreneurs. So don't care what people think. If you really believe in what you're doing and, and why you're doing it, go for it. You know what I mean? Um, and it's going to require that level of commitment because when things get tough, you're going to need that to pull through. So um, be 100% committed, be all in, and don't care what people think. Awesome. Fired up right now. I'm ready to be an entrepreneur now, DJ. I think I am too. I think Robin inspired us. That's what I like to hear. Tony Robbins Source Robbins. Oh, yeah. Tony Robbins Sourcey Robbins. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. That is Pod Daily. Uh, what am I saying? Acres of Diamonds, podcast number 23. That's a wrap. Rob, DJ, thank you so much. It was awesome. My pleasure pleasure guys hey any way i can serve you guys any way i can get involved let me know i'm more than happy to help awesome very good thanks rob